Welcome back to the Racking Focus podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John Doyle. And we're here again at the United Artists Cinema in King of Prussia, <laughs> uh, the Regal Cinema here to see Men in Black International. Yes, uh, you didn't give me the memo on the sunglasses, but you know, it's, it's all right. It's all right. Are you excited to see this film or no? I am. Here. here yeah, go. there we go. All right, there we go. We'll just put them on over my regular glasses. Right there. Uh, there I think I'm excited to see it. Uh, there's <laughs> one thing in the trailer that's been bothering me, and we'll see if it destroys the film for me. Okay. But otherwise, I'm pretty excited about right. seeing the chemistry we should see on the screen tonight. Likewise, except minus the thing in the trailer. So, <laughs> okay, let's go. Good. All right, yeah, let's watch. <laughs> You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Well, and uh, we're in the car. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we always forget. Um, spoilers. 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 We always forget, and I'm sorry if we pissed anybody off. Yeah. And today we're gonna spoil. I'm sure pretty quickly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, all right. What did you think? Tell me your thoughts. You know, um, I would say my immediate response to this is, um, it's a completely acceptable uh-huh. experience of filmmaking, uh-huh. but it neither dazzled me. Uh-huh. nor really fully disappointed me. That's like the best way to describe that film. Um, because I, it's by no means like an amazing movie. You have to go see it, but you should not see it because it's exactly what you were promised in the trailer and exactly what you were promised based on previous films of in this series, I think. Um, would you agree with that? I, I think that's right. Yeah. It's the first movie we've seen save for um, Endgame, uh-huh. where I feel like the trailer is what it was the movie accurate. Was. Yeah. 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 Without giving away things that we needed to be even marginally surprised right. about, even though there's hardly anything surprising in the in whatever play, yeah. two hours of film. Almost nothing surprising. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much as cliche potentially as you get with a, like, even with the twist of, Liam Neeson's character H being the the mole, right? I still I was like, ah, they're they're making you think agency's the mole, but there's gonna be a curveball. Curveball, it's not really a curveball. I mean, I guess it is. If you know the pitcher's gonna throw a curveball, it's not like you're exactly. in the dark about it. It's still a curveball. You can just hit it easier knowing. Right. So and that was pretty much what it was. I was like, that's not surprising at all. I mean, I'm glad they did it. It would have been boring if agency. Although maybe it would have been a I don't know. It just depends. It it, it, depends. it would have been a cheat, easier yeah. story. I, yeah. I mean, at least they made an effort yeah, to yeah. have these characters have relationships. Mm-hmm. And they did set up a potential sequel. Like, certainly they're laying in for a sequel. Oh, for with sure. Us. Whether or not that materializes is yeah. immaterial. It, it What really matters is that they were they were putting pieces in place right. so that they could move forward. Right. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's like a completely... Middle of the road, summer blockbuster. But that's exactly it. But I don't know if that's any different than any other Men in Black film. It's not. Well, because that's something I wanted to talk about was the tonality of the film. Okay. Yeah, we should definitely um, talk about the tonality. Because what... So you have you have tone, and their tone is exactly what the other films have been. Uh, so we're going through, we have Men in Black 1, 2, and 3, and then this is 4, mm-hmm. right? This is the first film that we've seen without... Will Smith, right, and Tommy Lee Jones, mm-hmm. I believe, right. The first three were just those three, uh, those two characters. Um, we did have an Emma Thompson reprisal uh, of her role from three. I really liked Men in Black three. I don't know if you've if you've sure. seen three. I really enjoyed Men in Black three. Men in Black two stunk, and I really liked Men in Black the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was nice to see them carry over the that tonality, the same kind of goofy humor. Um, they started fresh, like uh, Will Smith being recruited into. You, they didn't need to do as much backstory, which was nice. To and they abbreviated because, all that too, which yeah. I thought was a smart move. Yeah. They gave us beats we recognized, so yeah, we exactly. knew where we were, but they didn't bog us down. Yep, yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, there's a few Easter eggs in there, which were great from from the other films. Um, but yeah, the tonality stuck through. Like if you were to watch all of these movies back to back to back to back, it would feel like the same trilogy mm-hmm. series of films. I think that's important, uh, especially when it's coming down to trailer and marketing. We've talked about marketing, which is a weird thing to talk about when you're reviewing films because you don't think about it. Um, but it has it, impact. It has impact because we <laughs> we hated Godzilla. We hated Dark Phoenix. 
Uh, and that's maybe ne not necessarily like because of the marketing, but perhaps part of it is. Um, mm -hmm. They make you believe that it's going to be a different type of movie and then it's it's not that film. Um, but it's also about how serious are you taking yourself? Right. This this film clearly is just like, let's just have fun. Let's. This is not going to be anything deep necessarily. There's some themes in there I think that were great and, and, and on a deeper level we could unpack that. But... Uh, I don't. I could just ramble on and on, but the tonality stuck. It's how much can you see under the sunglasses? I, you know what? I can't see at all without my glasses. So I have to be honest. I'm just looking in a direction. There is something there. It's well lit by the light in front of us. At some point, I'm going to have to switch, but I don't know where my glasses are. Uh, they're. I can hand them. Literally, to you will not be able to okay, see them. Great. So I need to do it. Yeah, but okay. Well, the tonality of the film. It, 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 so is there, is the film good or bad? That's what we <laughs> reached. Is the film good or bad? Yeah. That's and that's the hard that's the hard question to answer, I think. Because technically every film that's being made now, yeah, you can see much better. It's really bright. The technicality of the filmmaking in every production at this point is just off the charts. Exactly. Right? Like you're looking like the location scout probably did a heck of a job on this film because we were bouncing everywhere. And if it wasn't the location scout doing a lot of work. It was um, the backdrop artists and the painters and the and the, production the designers, production designers and all, and of, all of those people, yeah. um, CGI artists doing their work, making us feel like we were in Marrakesh, making us feel like we were in uh, Naples, making us feel like we were in London and where we, they were probably shooting on a soundstage mm -hmm. somewhere in, in London or in L.A. or something. But um, technically, every film is just so insane now, the amount of work that goes into it. So I, I feel like I can't break this down as a good film, like, sure, the cinematography was okay. Like, it was exactly what I expected it to be. Uh, so if I'm going to say if this is a good film or not, it comes down to story again and again and again. That's what we've discussed with Dark Phoenix. It's about story. Godzilla, it's about writing and story and wishing they just completely went a different... I'm still yeah. disappointed in Godzilla, guys. I'm no, sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. That's okay. Um, you just keep making enemies. I know. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> Brandon. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, but, and, but that's the other thing, too, is Godzilla and Dark Phoenix, you've had, you've had, there's just been like, you know, there's been good Godzilla films and you've know there's been good X-Men films. Men in Black, I feel like it's just kind of like stayed in their lane. They haven't tried anything crazy, haven't tried to do anything that's like out of the box creative necessarily as far as story i guess man in black 3 was a success that was kind of a back to the past time travel right they did some yeah 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 there. but still working within the idea of flashback flash uh, forward like yeah like there this movie utilizes time travel right except right. it's just we just shift around yeah. as in the real time it's not some timeline right, breaking yeah, right, activity right, right. Uh, and the first one does the same thing there's that mm -hmm. same idea of where we are and right. and where we are in the universe yeah yeah, so yeah, I don't know. This movie's hard to kind of determine if this is a good or bad film. I mean, I would rate it as like a. I enjoyed it, like a six out of ten. Like it was a good experience. I'd watch the movie again. Yeah, I, I can't say I, that for Dark Phoenix. It's certainly watchable, right? Yeah. And um, I'd be more likely to watch Dark Phoenix than I would to watch Godzilla again. And I uh -huh. love Godzilla uh -huh. movies, but I would watch this again. I would watch it with my wife on a Saturday yeah, night on right. HBO or exactly, yeah. on Hulu or yeah. Netflix or wherever. It and lands. I'm going to get up and probably grab some food and use the bathroom while the movie's on because I don't care that much. But it's enjoyable to watch. That's for sure. And maybe that's. Be, us being able to not talk about this film on a, on a deep level, I feel like, so far, we've been talking for almost 10 minutes yeah. and we haven't really broken anything down yet. Maze just say that the movie's really not that great. Or it's so middle of the road that we can't nitpick so much and we can't praise it so much. Um, I think the things they did well... Yeah, that's what I want to hear. What let's, I, let's what I really, specifics. really liked was the creativity that they can... Uh, have with the aliens and like I loved Rebecca Ferguson's third arm in her back mm -hmm. like I think that was pretty creative um, you know and you think about like oh how can we make a fight scene interesting well let's give a girl a third arm out of her back and like that's now you have another thing that you can use so I, just, I don't know I like the creativity it's probably so much fun to be in the writing room talking about these ideas um, well and I think probably they're dumping things off to special uh -huh. effects people and saying mm -hmm. we need 
some interesting alien ideas. What do you think you yeah, can create right. now with the technology you have? Right. Because there were a couple of aliens in this film, the sort of eye-headed creature mm-hmm. uh, and the first woman who had her thing for... Oh, uh, right, right, Agent, right. um, uh, give it to me, H. Is that H? Uh, it's, he's H. Yeah. Oh, I messed up then. I, earlier I said Agent H. It was Agent T that... A T, right. High yeah. T, yeah. High T. So Agent <laughs> H, uh, you know, when that, that uh, time yeah, reversing, kept, slowing yeah, down, right, right. those things are all stuff that someone said, oh, there's a thing we can do visually to make a person look real. Right. Because this movie does a nice job at doing the cantina all the time, right? Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. Star Wars cantina yeah. all the time, and it mixes some practical, but I mean, majority of it, right? Is oh, CG, stuff yeah, that's and, and by CG. you don't care how real it looks. To be honest, um, you don't care that the CGI is potentially really not realistic because you, it's just part of the fun. I think you know it's part of the universe that they've built in. Um, that that. I'm gonna check something. Keep talking. Oh, okay, good. Do it. Are you rolling? I am. Okay, good. <laughs> no, I was much more concerned about um it's shifting. Your, it's oh, shifting. my 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 like your height. You're always tall. No, you're good. You were okay. good. You're really good. Um you know the alien that she went searching for when she discovered the I think I think it was Jimmy or something, the green yeah. alien. He didn't look real at all. Nope. And like it was totally okay. Absolutely. Like the these creatures from outer space were almost cartoony, which is great. Um you had uh you mentioned on the way into the the film that you had a big worry about Nanjiani's character. I did. Pawnee. What did you think? Did you hate him? Did you love him? Did you want? You can't use that language. Did you? Um, I, I can. You can. Use some okay. Of that. So I want to say you were this. worried he would ruin the movie. Yeah, and I think that ultimately the reason I worry about him ruining the movie is it's a gimmick, right? Uh-huh. Like it's legitimately just a gimmick, right? And so his he's not integral to anything in the story except it's, the biggest <laughs> laugh moment of the movie, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but. Or for us, at least, that's the biggest laugh movie in the film, uh, a moment in the film. But the uh, the thing I want to say is that those little, those creatures, for me, become a distraction from the actors being able to do their work. Mm. Because the rhythm of good comedy can be broken and good action can be broken by the right, need right, right. to have the voiceover actor inserted in the middle with some small figure the, the character was vastly different than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought potentially the opening creature who we then see later on was going to be that figure, and it wasn't, right. and that was a relief to me. Mm-hmm. The, there's, it, there's, it's all derivative, right? right, right Pawnee right. is completely derivative. Yeah, We've seen Pawnee in... Um, Kubo, we've seen yeah, Pawnee. Right. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not He's a new been image. every, it, yeah. Uh, but yep. um, the the gags worked. So they're simple, but they work. He's just that character who pops up to give a little bit of filler dialogue to give another dynamic to... I'll be honest, if he wasn't there, it would have felt a little empty. They would have had to do some... Ma- like, the writing would have had to be very, very different. Um, I liked him. Like, there was some good lines that he had. There was, it was comedic. I, I really like Kamal Nanjiani, so I was. It, well, he I certainly didn't do what I was worried he was going to do, uh-huh. which was just become the uh, toy. Right? Right, right, so right, right. Sometimes characters like that feel like they're just a toy. And, you yeah. know, in Star Wars, BB 8 doesn't become that. Right. Right? Uh, R2D2 isn't that. Right. I, I always worry about those characters becoming that figure. Yeah. And it, it didn't happen. So, yeah. wh- whoever learned that lesson, and Sony is. I mean, it's a dangerous place for Sony to be uh-huh, uh-huh. making the decision to say we got to have something in there that we can sell. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, and right. it it worked fine for me. Yeah, so, he so, would he would look great as an ornament on a Christmas tree. I'll absolutely, yeah. and I would have no doubt <laughs> yeah, we're going to see, we'll see it, right? ornaments, and there's going to be. He was certainly lovable. Um, I, I really liked the character. I didn't even think about him being a, a part of like I wasn't worried about him going in until yeah. you mentioned it. I was like, oh, maybe he might ruin this film a little bit, but no, he was totally fine. Um, so yeah, so I, I also wish we had, um, here's a nitpick, I guess. I wish we got a little bit further insight into those twins. I think the twins were really great. I was worried this movie was going to suffer from too many villains, um, too many antagonists, not sure like who the main villain was in the film. Mm -hmm. And it didn't end up being that for me, thankfully, but I was worried that they were just going to keep bouncing around between these twins this mole, this um, Riza character person, you know, like I was just afraid that there was going to be too many, too many people um, playing the game. And ultimately, you can't do that unless you're Game of Thrones and you have a series of 
10 episodes that are one hour long, you know, in a two hour film packed into two hour film. So, uh, I wish we got a deeper insight to their characters, who they were, what ultimately they wanted. If we did get that, then obviously the twist would have been ruined for us a little bit, but it would have been nice to see, to see them a little bit more. But they were beautifully rendered. They were amazing. Uh, I the think best effects. In the I, absolutely. 100%. The best effects, the best looking characters in the entire film. I could have watched more and more uh-huh. action from them yeah. straight through. I would love a short on who they are, their characters. Well, and they're yeah. a race, right? So yeah. we could definitively see that. Yeah. Again, they, they were beautifully rendered. Their power was beautifully rendered. The melting human Every, images yeah. were lovely. And one of the things you said before is they don't have to be completely realistic. It feels like rubber, uh-huh. sort of. But it works. And it's yeah. it's interesting. I, I You know, I... I thought they were great. I thought their intro in the beginning was I had a little trepidation, a little nervousness about that. But then they mm-hmm. it sort of came together, and I thought they looked beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the other thing here's, and then maybe here's another issue that I had too. Um, you know, the first time we see them, they pretty much melt this dude who they, I feel like they become right. They they, 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 they take on his take persona, on his, his image, look, right, right. Yeah. melt him. And then chuck him off a building. I don't yeah. know if you heard me. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. And, like, the stakes just went through the roof. Because um, I was wondering, like, when is this danger going to present itself? And then it was more danger than I... I don't know if we've seen killing like that in... With the Men bug in Black, guy in right? the first... The bug guy, we... He's yeah. pretty awful, for sure. Yeah, uh, I don't, but I don't know if we see it, see it as much visually, okay. right? Right, because like, he's we the skin saw... stealer, right? Right. So there's that vulgarity of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, but this yeah. was something else, right? Right. Yeah, he just, yeah, it's just Vincent D'Onofrio just walking around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> was, um, man, so, yeah, he just chucks the, they just chuck the melted body off the roof, and I was like, this is, I so part, partially thought the tonality was going to go in a different direction, and they reeled it back in, but, um yeah, very interesting. I think we got a lot of Men in Black culture again. Like what they do every film is they just keep introducing more culture, and I love that. I love seeing, you know, London Division, mm-hmm. uh, you know, New York Division. I li- <laughs> I like the uh, uh, the Hyperloop yeah kind of gag, right? And with Elon being mm-hmm. an alien, I thought that was that was pretty clever. Um, anyway. <laughs> so uh, yes. one, of, one of the things I would love to have seen them do more and they didn't mm-hmm. and they could have done this without damaging tone is it leaned a little more heavily into a James Bond attitude. Uh-huh. There were a pile of sequences that where they felt like James Bond movie, the going to see Riza. Uh-huh. It looked like oh, a James yeah, Bond yeah, yeah. film. And they just didn't lean into it completely. No, there could have been some good gags, yeah. right? Is what you're and, saying too. Yeah, and, and Hemsworth could have done the work to mm-hmm. really play that. Yeah. This felt like an audition for a Bond comedy for him. Yes. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. And Tessa Thompson and he, they have spectacular chemistry. Yeah. Um, I don't care if they fall in love, right? Right. That's, I'm not interested in that. They certainly are playing with that tease yeah. throughout the film. But I am interested in seeing them work off of each other. And they really do work off of each other well. Yeah. That was my concern about Pawnee is that inserting a new figure into that dynamic. Yeah, but right, yeah. you still got their chemistry. And, and, you know, she is such a versatile actress yeah she's amazing. he really has shown some amazing range i think thor ragnarok really pushed him you know thank thankfully taika took it in that direction you know, right? just opened the door and for him to yeah be exactly he is. yeah he so now he can be cast in multiple roles rather than just the hot hunk right yeah. so and he still gets to play and make fun of the hot hunk like yeah. they, they they go for that which i thought right. was great but i would have loved to see him a little there was so many things here that felt like a bond movie yeah that to lean into that a little bit more and i wonder if in an earlier draft that right. wasn't part of the conversation or if you know directorially at some point there wasn't a conversation about oh this let's let's it looks bondy let's go a little more bondy with it yeah. but i would have loved to have seen them gone farther with that uh, it makes sense to where they were in the story, but I don't yeah. feel like that's a weakness. No, it's yeah. just a, a an unfulfilled moment that I saw as a I, student of film as I'm right, watching. Right, right, yeah. No, I I agree with that. I I kind of felt the same thing a little bit. My I I did think Bond multiple times, and they just never did lean into that. Um, Hemsworth is hilarious. Yeah. Um, and charming. Yeah. How how much do you think was pre-written how much do you think they let them just ad lib scenes so i would say if there's a moment without significant special effects mm-hmm. there may have been ad fixing the bike it, fixing the bike 
mm. playing that together. Yeah. yeah. There's three actors, a voice actor and two actors right. who are playing together. I think there's a lot going on in a yeah. scene like that. Um, I think mo it, it's, it's all about how much spectacle is getting right. in the way of the ability to ad lib. You know, when we talk about Endgame or something like that, where there's ad libbing, that's happening in scenes where people are in a room talking. Right. You're not ad libbing when you're when on you're the battlefield. Yeah, no, there's absolutely. just no way you can't match that. No. You may be ad libbing when you're Tony Stark, spoilers for Endgame, dying. You may be ad libbing yeah. there, but yeah. you're not ad libbing otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and that's something that we've we've talked about a little bit is spectacle over character. This film does not do that. It does not opinion. do that. I was way more connected to the characters than I was visually stunned. Um, and they're not deep characters. No, right. No, but they're real yeah, yeah. figures, right? Yeah, right. They they feel re realistic, and, and they life. live within right. a framing of character uh -huh. that obviously is and in the tonality of the Men in Black universe. Exactly. So, um, real quick, let's talk about the um, fuzzy blue dude. Um, they seated him real early in the beginning, exactly, and you get payoff at the end. You do. I forgot about him. I knew I knew the second that he hopped out that window, I was like, he's gonna he's be back later. Back. He's coming back later. And I totally forgot. I didn't even recognize him when mm -hmm. we saw him walk up to Hemsworth. Did you realize I did not then. Did not connect the pieces. Um, they made him look drastically different by while still looking exactly like you'd expect him to look. You yeah, know? and the CG guys did a great job of when he understood he was with mm -hmm. Molly, Molly right. that he he there is that alteration in his eyes yep. and his cheeks and then to play yeah. the joke of he's he's a violent bad guy yeah right, was right. great yeah um that that was a really good choice yeah loved it uh we have a few minutes left <laughs> let's talk about the only thing that made both of us laugh okay out loud in the film and that was and we're gonna spoil <laughs> a moment here that yeah, yeah. I do not know if they thought this was what they were doing but it might not even be funny. It's funny. But it's hilarious after watching the Hobbs and Shaw trailer. So before you watch yeah. this film, <laughs> no matter when, you watch the Hobbs and Shaw trailer three times. <laughs> and we have laughed at every time we've watched the trailer at this one specific moment. Just like, what is it's, the moment? It's literally just The Rock holding two chains, one in each hand, holding a helicopter to the car that he's connected that's to. That's coming off a cliff. Yeah, that's coming off a cliff. He alone is able to hold the helicopter With to the this car. With great groan. He's amazing. He's the best. He's the only person that can save the world by holding a helicopter to a car. And he does it in, um, he does it in a sky, was it, skyscraper, where he just holds up a bridge that he's standing on. He does it in every film, I feel like he has to. It's got to be contractual. And Pawnee gets. Pawnee, it, it, it's, it, we're going to find the two shots for you. If we can find them, and we're going to put them on the screen. Because it is shot for shot, the same so thing. Funny. It's amazing. I, I was laughing. I was <laughs> roaring out loud. And we roar at the trailer, like to yeah. be clear. Yeah. We, we laugh at that it's Hobbs and Shaw trailer every, every single time. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And oh, you, I mean, goodness. we feel like we don't have to watch Hobbs and Shaw, even though we will, we, yeah. because we've seen it throughout yeah. the trailer. But that moment <laughs> recreated. By a little tiny by a little boy, alien. Yep. may well be the best uh, <laughs> trolling of. Uh, oh, it's incredible! A movie I've oh, it's know, the rock ever. Just so uh, uh, that was the best moment in the film. It was absolutely <laughs> wonderful, and and we, I mean, again, it, it it tells that sometimes seeing a movie is about the people watching it. Yeah, right. In the in the theater, <laughs> as opposed to yeah. the movie itself. Um, uh, to, really quickly, things I want to react to real quick, and and yeah, we we'll keep it. an eye on time. One first is. Music was really pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, the only thing I didn't like was the mm -hmm. there was one bit under Pawnee where it was this sort of dorky, mm. like comedic music right. that was completely out of school with the rest of the film. Yep. I thought the use of the Men in Black theme throughout it was great, great. and really well done and subtly done mm -hmm. and orchestrated in different ways. I liked that a lot. Can I comment on the uh, the amazing POV camera that they used for Pawnee? Oh, yeah. Multiple times. And it had to be like an 8 millimeter or something because um, they would cut to it and... They'd be, I mean, inches probably from this lens. Uh, loved it. Loved the loved the use of them talking to camera, except talking to Pawnee, POV style. Um, kind of a cool little thing. It didn't feel out of place. Didn't feel part of the film either. But it just. Well, it's in a great way to integrate. Yeah. What is essentially a puppet yeah. into a living world. You know, right. the, the important thing about puppets whenever you're working with them is that you touch, you feel, you yeah. make direct eye contact right. with them. You you have to be looking at the puppet. You can't 
be demonstrating the mm-hmm. puppet to people or the puppet is it just an extension of your hand and so having them look into his eyes yeah. while he talked was great. that was kind of nice i like that it was totally different you'll you'll know exactly yeah stylistically yeah it, it stands out which is kind of weird for cinematography to do. Anyway, what else do you want to react to? Um, I thought that they, uh, that the callbacks to other films, mm-hmm. the uh, being on who's driving, which side, yeah. the yeah. and the fact the that this time... The big red button. Yeah. yeah, big red button. This time the driver's, uh, we, the steering wheel is on the wrong side on purpose. It's not a gag. Yeah. Like there was tons of things where they called back and they found a different way to approach it. Yep. And it's always good in a writer's room to yep. know that someone who's doing something that essentially is ultimately like a remake of the other films. Oops, and oh, that's yeah. our time. Uh, she also pulls up the 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 small gun that right. Will Smith like does not want to shoot and then he does and it's blows things up. Yeah. yeah. Um and then obviously the little aliens that come off the subway. So yeah, a few callbacks to the previous films. Um are they going to make a fifth one? If this Depends does well, they're going how, to make a fifth yeah. one. I'm going to say that they're going to because I think this is I haven't read reviews yet. We'll do that in the next segment. But I want to say that there's going to be a fifth one coming out. I can't imagine they're going to stop at four after the success of three. It wasn't worse than two. <laughs> it wasn't as good as one or three. I'd put this as the third best film in probably the, the, the series. But, um, yeah, I liked it. Again, six out of ten for me. What about you? Yeah, I think I'll plan it in the same way. Five, six out of ten. Yeah. Um, it's But when I say that... That's a rating for it as a film, as mm-hmm. an experience of movie going. It's the kind of movie that if I'm scrolling through a TV dial, yeah. I'm very likely to watch a hunk of. Right. Because there's stuff to laugh at. Right. And it's certainly something where I'm going to go home and say to Lisa, uh, you would have enjoyed, enjoyed tonight, yeah. you know, uh, if just to stare at Hemsworth, which right. is a gag literally in, <laughs> in the movie, itself, yep. you know, that. Alien rewinding is what my wife might want to do when we get to that moment. Um, And so, so yeah, so that's about where I would rate it. I'd say that I'm really interested to see what other people think. I'm also really interested in hearing if I can find anything about some of something from the director or the writers. I would love to hear uh, what they were thinking as they were developing it. Um, I'll say last but not least, Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth are people we should be continuing to follow. They're great. Yeah. On film, mm-hmm. whatever work they do, uh, I'm never disappointed in them, and that's hard yeah. to say. Yeah, no, it's true. So. I agree with all that. Cool. All, all right, right, we're gonna take a few days, and we will catch you guys in the next. All segment. right, I'm gonna throw my start, sunglasses start back on, so I can't see while we start, and off we go. Oh, uh, uh, that almost sounded correct. And now we're here in the studio to talk about Men in Black International and sort of get our couple of days of uh, thought and reflection played out here between the two of us. And I have to say, it's been a couple more days than normal. We're a little late because Josiah had his wisdom teeth extracted on Sunday in a wildly painful experience. I've had to. Well, the the extraction wasn't painful, but um, he didn't put me under. It was just he just drilled me with five Novocaine shots on my left side. And I think... um, so I watched him do it. I watched everything. I was able to kind of respond to him while he was talking. Steph sucked out some of my mouth blood while so the your, assistant left Your wife to do was in the room yeah. sucking mouth blood out during yeah. the operation. Yeah, it was pretty great. She hated it probably, right? Did you hate it? It was disgusting. She said it was disgusting. Um, yeah, so that was fun on Sunday. I'm still a little bit swollen. It feels like I have stuff stuck in my teeth, but there's actually no teeth where yeah, that stuck go. is. If I talk too loud... Wait one second. Trigger warning for anyone who has issues <laughs> with blood or surgery. All right. If I talk too loud, there's a reverberation that runs up into my yeah. eardrum, and it's, I don't know what it is, but it just makes me feel... So I'm also on Vicodin right now, so, so this, this is may be, be a really pointless yeah, conversation. The best podcast we've uh, had. So yeah. uh, this is Vicodin-friendly, uh, <laughs> surgery-active uh, conversation about it's Men true. in Black International. So uh, I don't, I'm not exactly sure where you want to start. I know you have at least one or two things to talk about. I have some things to talk about. Why don't yeah. you begin while you have energy? Okay, so the one thought or two thoughts maybe that I had, I can only think of one right now. I told you I had two. I can only think of one. Um, this was the only film in the franchise that really didn't have a villain, like a clear-cut villain from beginning to end, right? Like there's always been somebody that they've been up against. This time they're up against themselves, and I kind of missed them having a clear-cut antagonist that had personality because, like we, I mentioned in the uh, first segment, was that I was worried they were going to suffer from the too many villains. You know, like there's too many bad guys. 
Uh, and I don't want to say they, they did because I enjoyed how they did it, but I, I wish that they gave those twins like some personality and that they were maybe the clear-cut villains of the film. But instead, you got them, and then you have RZA, and then you have uh, High T. Like, but really, the Hive was maybe the overarching villain that really right. didn't exist until the very end. So, yeah, so there was no was, so payoff, right? For me, was did it pay off well enough? For it to actually like, I don't like. Did it matter? Like, I don't know. Didn't have a. I didn't have an emotional response at the end, because it just didn't matter. Because they didn't set it up the right way. Potentially, they and they tried to give you an emotional reaction with um, T was like a father figure to H, um, but they then they blew him up anyway. So like, I don't. I don't know. It would have been nice to have. I don't know what I'm saying. That's I just miss the clear-cut antagonists, I think, of the film. Well, and the other movies have more clear-cut antagonists, and yeah. those antagonists have more personality. Yeah. And one of the things about stealing someone's form mm -hmm. is we often end up having to not have personality inside that form, right? Yeah. They're right. masking themselves. So right. the, the twins who are taking on the identity of an individual mm -hmm. or a physical identity, we end up not having as much personality. Right. And, you know, I heard some complaints about the fact that they were smoke and that there was no way to shoot them. And as a result, there was no stress or, or raising of stakes. And yeah. I thought the beauty of the special effects over uh -huh. did that for me. I, if they'd had more personality, yeah. pathos or, right. or, or the opposite, right, where we have some measure of hatred, but we didn't have that. Right. Um, their actions weren't awful enough. Whereas in the first film, we have someone taking over someone's personality, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. kill them and take their skin. Right. And so we're immediately in a position of high stakes and vileness of the character. Yeah. And he was fun to watch. I mean, he was fun to watch. Yeah, he right. was just so fun to watch. Um, I cannot for the life of me think of what the other thing was that I had to talk about. So, Well, let me say then it. while you That's ponder the thought... Um, one of the things in my two days away is that mm -hmm. I, th I think this movie's pretty forgettable. Oh, yeah. And I want to sort of lay that out. Yeah. And so as, as generous as our review in the car is, yeah. and I think our review in the car is generous, oh, it's very. because we enjoyed it. It's like a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. You get on a roller coaster, and then it's a different roller coaster, and I've used this metaphor before. <laughs> uh, and on the roller coaster, you're having a good time. Like in that moment of the roller coaster, yeah. it's a ball. And when you get off the roller coaster, it's a ball. But... Three days later, yeah. the, the immediacy of the experience is gone, and the movie doesn't sit with you. Right. So I remember the characters, and I remember being fine with it. Yeah. But I also don't have any real commitment to the movie. I said to myself, um, this is a movie I would undoubtedly not purchase. Yeah. I'm going to watch it when it's available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. turn away if, from it. If this shows up in the 499 movie bin on iTunes, because I only buy digital films... I'm probably not going to buy it, right? Because I don't care enough. Uh, but I'll watch it on Netflix or watch it on HBO, right, or, like or you Hulu mentioned. Or like, whatever, I'm not going to spend my be. money to to purchase this movie. So. It's not going to be a movie I turn off of whatever cable channel it sits on. If I'm going yeah. through the dial, I would say oh, I can watch this while I'm having dinner right. or whatever it might be. Like. But only if there's potentially nothing else better on. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Or you don't want to look. And I have the, yeah, right, the no right. pressure it's to just, look. It's just on the, yeah, right. There may be a Men in Black marathon happening. The other thing point. I think, too, and I just want to, um, I think, so one of the complaints I heard in some of the reviews I looked at was that the, there was no training sequence. And that training yeah. sequence is something that's engaging. Uh -huh. And when I watched it, I actually thought, I thought yeah. the opposite. Removing yeah, okay, that yeah, was yeah. good. Yeah. Well, you didn't need it because it, she set up her entire intellectual and all of her intelligence and skill set in the beginning by being able to find them was her right. training, right? Mm -hmm. So she'd been training her entire life. And the fact that she was accepted to FBI, CIA, probably a dozen other places as well if they didn't show, just, just shows that she is skilled enough. They don't need the training. She knows how to shoot a gun. She knows how to do whatever tech issues that need teching. I don't know. Like, and, so. I, and I think that's the choice they yeah. made. And I think some of the response that's come has been that that is one of the entertaining parts missing. Mm. And we do like training sequences in our movies. Yeah. But I didn't need it. I didn't need I, it. I'm going to be honest yeah. about that. I really didn't. I'm going to stand by that mm. position in, in these days behind. But I would love to have Tessa Thompson have a little more work to do in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and I would love to, to see that. I, You know, she's a better actress. It did seem like she was just trailing behind Chris Hemsworth the whole movie, right? Mm -hmm. Like he was just... 
it was just him doing things and then her fixing his mistakes, pretty much. Right. Is essentially what the whole movie comes down to. Um, someone wrote on Reddit that they didn't like that the only reason those two worked together was because she found him attractive. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I have nothing more to say about that. <laughs> but, well, but, I mean... It, it's a legitimate conversation it happens. piece. Yeah. Uh, it is so insignificant in the story's yeah. movement. Yeah. And they didn't play that up. Whatever romance is there at the end. That's And that's something I liked, right? Was that they... Potentially, they the attraction was there between the two of them, but they didn't end on a romantic note. Um, and maybe... They, they ended on more of a friendship note than mm-hmm. a romanticized note. So I did like that. I didn't like, I would have, there would have been major issues if they would have kissed at the end and that was the end of the film. Yeah. I would have had a problem. Well, then she's submitting, right? And she right. didn't submit, even though she found them attractive, she didn't submit. She was the aggressor in that situation. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, I, and I'm not uncomfortable with the fact that she was the aggressor, but I can understand the complaint. Like the, the complaint makes some measure of yeah. sense. Yeah. She did have agency, though. Like, I, I don't want to remove the fact that she, so she, as a woman, she had agency in the film, and I thought that was great. Yeah. Uh, okay, so somebody else wrote... Okay, so, okay, and I agree with them here. They said that one of the best parts of the film was um, was H... Uh, it was the opening scene, H neutralizing the couple, like, three times. Yeah. Like, I thought the movie started off really strong with that, and then it slowly got away from like that felt classic Men in Black to me that opening scene on the Eiffel Tower, making the mistake having to neutralize like that's something that Will Smith's character would have had to do multiple times right, uh, and then they kind of got away from that humor in a way like it just felt it felt different like the tonality of the beginning of that movie felt a little bit different from the rest of the film and maybe it is because of the hive and everything that happened right it's probably because of the hive because Liam Neeson's character is actually high T at that moment and then after that it's completely different right because you actually see um, there's a flash right there's Mm -hmm. a flash in the beginning or at the end of that sequence um, that happens and I thought about it like that flash happened I was like did did we just get neuralized as an audience Uh, did I say neutralized earlier I probably said neutralized. It's fine. Is it neuralized? It's neuralized, neuralized. I But we, I'm going to be honest. It's a made-up word, Josiah. We don't have to fret <laughs> very much. Like, there enough. can be people out there like, you people who are canon folks of Men in Black, good for yep. you, but we're not going to worry about that. Neuralized, neutralized, they're going to be interchangeable. Neuralized. Sure. Neuralized. Neutralized sounds like they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> Just sapped out of existence. <laughs> um, neuralized. Uh, were we neuralized as an audience? And then, in fact, in a way, we kind of, kind of were. Um, no, we were. We absolutely were because we saw the we saw everything happen and we would have seen things happen with him beating the hive, except we were neuralized with Chris Hemsworth's character as as uh, Yeah, and the time had, gap right. gets us there. What jumps, happens with right. the time gap, right, is that jump right moves to uh to Tessa Thompson's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that might be a flaw. You might want to well, jump we, forward and Yeah, right. We jump know. back in time, right? Yeah. We jump right. twenty years or sixteen years or something like that uh-huh. behind. Um yeah, so I loved that scene, though. I loved the opening scene. Um, I thought it was hilarious. I would have liked to have the whole movie kind of. What, what's funny is it's same, something we've noticed, too. I mean, we get into this big arcing conversation we're doing over and yeah. over again. One thing's about advertising. The other thing is yeah. about opening sequences, which right. in a lot of these films have been really strong. It's almost like they have a really good idea, and then you run into the problems of the movie. Right. And those problems are things you can't escape. Yeah. Uh, painting yourself into a corner... Uh, is exciting, and then working your way out can be. Yeah. Can did did the movie feel like a first draft? You know, like it's part of it, like the the first scene felt so polished, uh, like they've done multiple pass throughs on that first scene, and then the rest of the film maybe felt like a first or second draft of the of the script, uh, and it, it suffers because maybe there needs to be some additional changes that that need to take place, and they just haven't done another mm-hmm. pass through or multiple pass throughs. As they should, so. And you know, this movie undoubtedly has a much stronger audience control. Like, this has been previewed out to audiences, and that can cause some damage, too, right? right? right. But the, one of the things I'll say is I think the pacing of the movie may have been a little slow. And I don't yep. mean mm-hmm. that in the actual life of the movie, like the arcing story. Yeah. I think in the individual scenes, whether in editing or in directing, the pace could have been picked up a bit. Right. Uh, so that we are behind the action. 
-hmm. comedy works often out of surprise, right? Yeah. And being behind the action lets us be surprised. And so I remember when they were working through the car, which I liked that scene, pulling all the weapons out of the car. Oh, loved it. Yeah, it, it was great. I think if I, I would have loved to have been a little more surprised. Let the yeah. gadgetry be second to the surprise of the weapon size. Uh -huh. So see the gadget work, but then seeing the thing pull out, I, I lose in that moment the surprise of the weapon popping up in front of me. Right. In, in the first movie, Will Smith with the little gun, right. we have an expectation and it's gigantic, right? Yeah. Here we have the gigantic gun with the little puff and then the right. big explosion. That works. Yeah. But I think in some of the other places, we were shown more than we needed to. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't even think that's about trusting the audience. I think it's just pacing, it's, right. um, which is why, again, it doesn't rise to a film that we are going to put up high in the spectrum. Yeah. But it's infinitely viewable. The movie was, I, I mean, I had fun watching the movie. I, ha I knew I was going to go into a Men in Black film, and it did feel like a Men in Black film. It felt like a reboot in, in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, a new trainee comes into the program, and she's tasked on a crazy mission from the start. Um, very similar to the first Men mm -hmm. in Black. It's just you don't have a super old guy <laughs> training the really right. young recruit. It's like, yeah. So, uh, so if you had to guess what the tomato meter is uh, right now for this film, what percentage so would, you, would you say? Reviewers or audience? Uh, let's let's take a stab at both. What would you say? The reviewers, reviewers, I think, is probably low, like 20, 30 percent. Yeah, it's 24 percent. Yeah, right the now. reviewers, yeah. I think, are going to nail this thing because it's yeah. completely derivative. Right. And it's not a great movie. Like if when you're rating this, it's so hard to say because no, it is. You, like you were saying, like it's in the middle. I'd rate it here, but in the end, as a film, I rate it lower. Right. But as an experience, yeah, it's not as bad. You as and I are the both rating. reviewing as audience and as reviewers because because we're both we're right. we're we're both we, we play both of those roles. Yeah, and we're. In, I mean, if we were only reviewers and could only talk about the filmmaking aspect of this and not whether we enjoyed it or not. I sometimes think that's unfair because mm -hmm. I, I think reviewers are unfair because they're, they're disregarding the entire experience sometimes yeah, of, absolutely. Of, the film, of the film. So, um, yeah. And as the audience score goes 65%, right. People, I would people say are, that's where we sat five, like six. Literally. Yeah. That sounds like the way I feel about it. Yeah. That's a really good read, which sometimes Rotten Tomatoes is not a good read, but that feels like a pretty yeah, good read. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty on point here. Um, and there's no one assaulting that, right? There's no like, denial of service attack against the movie like you'd have with Ms. Mar uh, or Captain Marvel or something right. like that. And I think a lot of people were excited for the film and then disappointed when they watched mm -hmm. it because you got a guy like F. Gary Gray who comes in and directs the film and you're expecting a high energy piece based on his previous films and yeah, like you're just ex you're expecting like Men in Black to be the Italian job or um, like, it, but he comes in and it's just another derivative of the previous films, and this guy says, this is Jake Wilson from The Age, Australia. The uninspired approach of director F. Gary Gray does nothing to mask the staleness of the formula. And like it is, it's just, it's just formulaic. Maybe it feels like a cash grab from Sony again to just, somebody, I, I don't know who I was listening to, they said like, it just feels like somebody in Sony spun a big wheel that had all of their, their uh, projects on it and just, Toss a dart and it landed on Men in Black, and they're like, "Yeah, sure, let's see what we can do with a new Men in Black movie." Because we have nothing as of right now. Let's let's yeah. make some something. Let's make something up so we can get some money. Well, and then you you know we're, let's pull these this pair of people yeah. who are being used in Marvel so effectively yeah, right. and throw them here. And right. because I know I wanted to see the two of those folks work together. Yeah, um, I, I want to say something general about film and this movie and the reviewers in particular. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that happens to us today is we have to deal with two problems. One is cost of going to see a movie. Mm -hmm. So the reviewer becomes important because of your level of investment. Right. And then access to movies and other channels. If this yeah. was 1950, mm -hmm. this would be a great movie. Yeah. We'd oh, go yeah. see it. It'd be worth the $2 I would pay to go in, mm -hmm. uh, even in whatever counter-inflationary cost that would be, because I don't have it on TV. Right. I can't see it on TV. Right. TV is very limited. Now the access to television and to high-quality television programming makes the stakes higher for movies like this. Mm -hmm. So with Godzilla, where we were disappointed, painfully disappointed, or Dark Phoenix, where we're sort of seeing on the lower end of the spectrum, and again, I might watch Dark Phoenix again, but still, yeah. you know, it breaks down. I, I'm... I'm concerned about telling someone to go see Men in Black in the theater, and certainly in something like IMAX or RPX, oh, where right. they're going to spend 20, 
yeah, dollars to go. Yeah, yeah. Like this is a movie to go see on your discount ticket, right? Because you got nothing to do on Saturday afternoon, and you should get out of the house and be with people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's because like, Flash Gordon sucked, right? But it's I will watch Flash Gordon right. on whatever TNT, well, TMC. And, and you brought on. up that this would be a great movie in 1950, but part of I think cinema in general is that it's always trying to innovate and advance the the craft. So you have a film like Citizen Kane that came out in, what, I don't even know what year that was, 1930s or something? Late 19, 30s. Yeah, late 30s. Uh, you know, we should probably find that out. We can, um, find, you can find that out. But, like, you ask anybody today, gosh, Steph, Citizen look Kane, up when Citizen Kane came out. Citizen Kane is so boring. I am so bored watching Citizen Kane. But it is it is a, like, landmark film. Like, it's a it was humongous. One, because... Orson Welles. Now I was, you know, I was gonna guess forty-one, but I didn't want to be wrong. I should have done it. It's the Vicodin. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. Your sure. That's what it was. Arrogance is broken yeah. down by the Vicodin. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, because Orson Welles came in and just did things completely differently than any director has been doing. The use of light, the use of camera, they advanced filmmaking in nineteen forty-one for the viewers at home. They're moving cameras across. Like the depth of field is ridiculous moving cameras through windows like there's just things that they're doing like they're putting cameras in floors like creative shots the lighting is different like so that movie's so boring <laughs> I, See, and I love it. such a hard time watching the movie um and but the same goes for avatar right again it's pocahontas in space uh, or dances with wolves in mm -hmm. space uh but because they advanced 3d technology it becomes this landmark piece of cinema um, and so it doesn't get pushed aside regardless of how uh, normal that tech might be now. It was an innovative part of uh, cinema. Uh, and so this movie being good back in 1950, absolutely. This film would have been amazing because it would have pushed boundaries and it would have pushed cinema to a new level. And so it's hard for me to say, like, it's hard for me to compare based on the years, right? Because because of the advancement that it would have it wouldn't have but looked the same. I, but I it wouldn't think have just about the same. story, it is mm -hmm. perfectly serviceable. Mm -hmm. And in 1950, you'd go yeah. see a perfectly serviceable movie right. without much risk. But today, oh, yeah, it's, it's a high-risk proposition for money, money yeah. and there's access other places. Right. It's like like Jurassic World. No offense to Jurassic World. There's no. I'm not seeing that in a movie theater. Yeah. And there's now, with us, we there might. Be with us, it. we it's, might. Yeah. Right. But I'm. Right. I don't. St I'm not going to do it. But yeah. I sure as heck, when it comes on HBO, yeah. watch it because I know it's accessible there. Yeah. Um. And that transition, like being old enough to have had that transition happen right. in the early '80s. Um, it's amazing how many things I have chosen not to see in a theater yeah. because I know they are ultimately not a movie that I want to spend that money on. Well, I think most of the movies we're going to this year are movies I wouldn't choose to see oh, in the theater. Oh, it's amazing Well, because list. we're going to do these reviews, and it's actually a lot of fun to go. Exactly. It's a lot of fun to go. Like, I would not really want to see, I don't care to see Hobbs and Shaw later this year in theaters. Like, that's a, that is 100% on the same lines for me as I'm going to see Skyscraper and Rampage right. on HBO when it hits later. Um, but it's, we're having so much fun going to see Dark Phoenix Tank and Godzilla Tank. Actually, Godzilla wasn't any fun. No, but it was <laughs> it was educational, right? Yeah, we learned right. a lot about our experience in a movie yeah. theater, and and I think that that's great, and that's part of this exploration is this yeah, thing about going into the theater. And you know, reviewers. One of the things that happens to reviewers, and this is no slight against them completely, is they see things in a very safe environment. Mm -hmm. And we are like dummies paying for tickets and going into movies. Yeah. Yeah. And as a result, we don't know the audience. So we go to Dark Phoenix and we afterwards we go to get our reviews and people are willing to talk. Right. We go to see Men in Black and no, no one, one walks, walks out, out of the, the theater. theater. Yeah. We, you know, there's no one to talk to I don't know what afterwards. they were doing in there. I have no I, idea they what have, happened. They might have gotten sucked into like a wormhole and are now part of the hive. I don't, I don't know have any happened. idea. It was something else. Maybe we got out of there just out. in time. I don't know. Uh, but but that for, for me, that's part of the experience. Yeah. Hearing the person behind us briefly explain the previous films to uh, oh, the person yeah. he was sitting with. Right. Those are things that are very interesting as an experience, and I like that about what yeah. we're doing. And I want to say to people, like when we're talking about the films, I'm reviews aren't recommendations for us. Right. We can we're recommendations a separate thing. So like I'd say, don't spend your money in the theater to see this. Yeah. But if you want to, like if you're going to enjoy it, mm -hmm. go. Like that's great. Right. 
our reviews is just to give people an idea of like what we thought. And if you have similar tastes to us in films, then you might love or hate this movie, or you might be very middle of the road, like like us. Like right now, like if there's nothing else out. Sure, go see this movie in theater. Yeah, so you I want would, to go to the theater? I don't know what else is out right now. And or, if I, well, oh, we, Shaft, we'll talk Shaft, about it. But, yeah. we, but I mean, I would go with my wife to see this on a Saturday night after we had dinner. Right. If I didn't want to go home and sit, like, right. and it's fine. Right. It's perfectly Sunday fine. matinee. You want to pay and, cheaper for the ticket? Yeah. You know, Hemsworth yeah. is attractive. My wife will love that. Yeah. She'll be <laughs> like, he looks, he looks great. And right. there's enough entertainment for me to go to. But our expectations have changed because of our access to film. Right. So I have to be conscious of that when I'm reviewing. For sure. Uh, we should cool. wrap up. Want to close um, it up? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, review. let's do one more time. Rating. Just a quick rate. I'm still going to go with like a 5 out of 10 for the, yeah. Like it was okay film. I didn't get much out of it. It was fun to watch. I enjoyed myself sitting there. I laughed a few times. That was, yeah, was, was about it. I'm yeah. I'm right there. Maybe yeah. a four, maybe a five. My review, my filmmaking side pulls me down, especially in retrospect, yeah. especially in relationship to some special effects errors. One thing we didn't talk yeah, about yeah. that motorbike that sequence motorbike was, was it was a mess. Yeah. Um, so there are some big special effects things. We forgive that in this movie because it's absurd, mm-hmm. but we shouldn't forgive it. And so sure. that pulls yeah. me down into right. the range of a four. But as an audience experience on the day, yeah. the six is still the number. Yeah. It's like a yeah. It's enjoyable. Right. So uh, so that's what I would I don't say hate so. myself for going to see it. Right. <laughs> so, uh, cool. Okay, good. So you relax your mouth and I'll finish us off. So we want to thank you folks uh, for joining us today. We really uh, had a great time uh, talking about <laughs> Men in Black International. And uh, next up for us is The Dead Don't Die. I'm super excited for us to talk about it. Uh, I've heard some really horrible things and some really interesting things about the movie. That'll be for us for next week. Again, we want to thank Sam for her editing, Steph for pressing record today for us, <laughs> and uh, we hope that you enjoyed our conversation. Don't forget to write us a review on Apple Podcasts, where you can find each and every episode we've recorded so far and the ones we're planning for the future. And also remember to check us out on YouTube and leave some kind of comment there. Let us know what you'd like us to see, how you think we're doing. We are available on all sorts of podcasting platforms. You can contact us at rackingfocuspodcast at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at podfocus. We're also on Facebook, where we don't do much work at all, and a lovely Instagram page. Go check us out. Find out what's going on. Be a part of our community. So again, from the Racking Focus Podcast, I'm John Doyle. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.